ओनो मित्र संवरुण सन्नो भवत्यंद्रो बृहस्पति सन्नो विष्णुक्रम नमो ब्रह्मणे नमस्ते वायमेव प्रत्यक्ष ब्रह्मसीमेव प्रत्यक्ष ब्रह्म वदिष्यामि सत्यम वदिष्यामि तन्मामवतु तद्वक्तारमवतु अवतु वक्तारम ओम शांति 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 ओम सहनावतु सहनोभुन सह वीर्यकै तेजस्वीनावधीतमस्तु मेदावह शाति 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 यंदसमृषभो विश्व छंदोभ्योभ्यमृता संबूव समेन्द्रो मेधया स्पृत अमृत देवधारण भूयास शरीर मे विचर्षण जिह्वा मे मधुमत्तम कर्णाभ्यां भूरि विश्रुव ब्रह्मण कोशोसी मेधया पिता श्रुत मे गोपाय शाति 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 अहम वृक्ष कीर्तिपृंगिरेव ऊर्धपवित्रवाजिनीवस्वृतमस्मे द्रविण गुंसवर्चस सुमेधा अमृतोक्षिशंकोर्वेदाचन ओ शाति 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 ओ पूर्णमदूर्णमद श्रुतिस्मृतिपुराण आलय करुणाल नमा भगवत्द शोकशंक शंकराचार्य केशव बादरायण सूत्रभाष्यकृत वंदे भगवतनः ईश्वरो गुरुरात्मे 
मूर्ति भेद विभागिने व्योम व्याप्त देहाय दक्षिणामूर्त ये अखंडम सच्चिदानंदम अखंडम सच्चिदानंदम अवां मनसगोचरम अवां मनसगोचरम आत्मानमखिलाधारम आत्मानमखिलाधारम आश्रये भीष्ट सिद्धये आश्रये भीष्ट अर्थपौप्यद्वयानंदान अर्थपौप्यद्वयानंदान अतीतद्वैत भानतः अतीतद्वैत भानतः गुरुनाराध्य वेदांत गुरुनाराध्य वेदांत सारं वक्ष्ये यथामदे सारं वक्ष्ये यथामदे अधिकारी तो विधिवत अधीत वेद वेदांगत्वेन इन द सिक्स पैसेज द अधिकारी और द कॉम्पिटेंट स्टूडेंट इज डिस्क्राइब्ड सेड प्रमादा प्रमादा मींस आत्मयाथात्म जिज्ञासु हु वन हु इज डिजायरस ऑफ नोइंग द ट्रू नेचर ऑफ द सेल्फ इज कॉल्ड प्रमादा द लास्ट वर्ड इन दिस पैसेज ही इज अधिकारी whose adhikari, the fifth student or the competent student is the one who is desirous of knowing the true nature of the self. Then would that be possible? Sadhana Chatushta Sampanha. When a person is endowed with these fourfold qualifications, which will be described subsequently. When would these qualifications arise? Nitanta Nirmala Svantaha. When one's mind has become absolutely pure. How can it become absolutely pure? Nirgata Nikhila Kalmasada, the mind from which all the impurities have been eliminated. How do they eliminate the impurities from the mind? Nitya Nemitaka Prayaschitta Upasana Anusthanena. The Anusthanam, by the performance of these duties. Nitya Karma, daily obligatory duties. Naimitika karma, the incidental obligatory duties, prayasitta, the expiatory rites, upasana, the worship. By performance of these, one who has removed all the impurities from one's heart. <coughs> Not only that, but then kamya nishiddha varjana purasaram. Also, one performs, one avoids actions which will bring impurity. One performs actions deliberately which are designed to remove impurities. At the same time, one also deliberately avoids actions which will bring impurities. What are the actions that will bring impurities? Nishidna karma, as you said, the prohibited actions. Kamni karma, desire prompted actions. We will discuss that. <coughs> when is all this done? Asmin janmani, janmandareva. All this program of self-purification is accomplished over in this life or in the past lives. So there is a whole program of self-purification. By self-purification we mean the purification of the mind, which is accomplished asmin janmani in this birth, janmantareva, or in the past, in the previous births. 
Just as we said yesterday, we accept the continuity of existence and this embodiment is one of the series of embodiments that this individual being, the jiva, has been assuming. And the life is nothing but a journey towards perfection. That's how the life is. And that journey is accomplished over perhaps number of lives. In each life one accumulates, one attains a certain self-purification, one evolves to a certain extent and thus this is a journey towards evolution, evolution of the self. Not really the self or the Atma has to evolve, it is really the manifestation of my true nature. The evolution in this case is not to create something new but the manifestation of my true nature. My true nature is freedom, is perfection. This is the manifestation of that. What is stifling that manifestation at the moment? How come the freedom or the perfection or the fullness which is there, already my nature, how come it is not manifest or evident? It is what we call the impurities of the mind which distort my true nature as though the manifestation of my true nature and therefore all that is sought to be done is to remove those obstacles, the impurities. And for therefore, life is nothing but a program for removal of inner impurities, that's all. And thus, manifestation of one's true nature. <clears throat> and this is accomplished in this life or in number of lives. Therefore we find some people very enlightened even from a young age. Very evolved even at a young age and then we wonder how come some people are so different from the others that is because all this program has been accomplished definitely in the previous lives. Now how do you know which action to perform, which action to avoid? How to perform an action? What is my duty? How do we know all this? They say Nitya Karma, daily obligatory duties. What are these duties? How to perform these duties? Naimitya karma, incidental obligatory duties. What are these duties and how to perform them? Nishiddha karma, prohibited action, actions that are prohibited. Which are these? Prayaschitta karma, the expiatory rise. How, what are those things and how to perform them? One has to gain all this knowledge. So how to gain the knowledge? So it is said earlier, Vidivat, Adhita, Veda, Vedangatvena, Apatataha, Adhigata, Akhila Long words are there, but very expressive. Adhigata Akhila Vedasaha. One who has gained the knowledge of entire Vedas. What's our knowledge? Apatata, general knowledge. So here we are talking about the education of the individual. In the olden days in India, the education was nothing but the learning of the Vedas. Those Vedas are scriptures which are all inclusive. The Vedas are, give us the knowledge of what we call all the four Purusharthas, Dharma, Artha, Kama and Moksha. In Vedas, the scriptures, we find ways of gaining material prosperity, of gaining material pleasures, of Dharma, of righteousness as well as gaining the happiness hereafter and moksha of the liberation. So dharma, artha, kama and moksha. 
These are called the four Purushakas or the ends sought after by human beings. And the Vedas give us knowledge of all of them. It is necessary that one should know everything. Therefore, in the olden days, the study was nothing but the study of the Vedas. And the Vedas have to be studied in a particular manner because they are sacred scriptures. And therefore, one is qualified to study the Vedas. And therefore, when a boy reached the age of about eight, he was, he was given this diksha, he was given this, what we call the Yajnopavita, sacred thread by going through this ceremony. And he was sent to the teacher's home, and that is where he studied the Vedas. <coughs> Vidivat Adhita Veda Vedangatvena. To study the Vedas, the scriptures, it is also necessary to study the ancillary texts. Like Vyakram, grammar, you must study in order to study the Vedas. In fact, there are six Vedangas or the limbs of the Vedas, ancillary texts, Shiksha, Kalpaha, Vyakaranam, Niruttam, Chandaha, Jyotisham. Shiksha means the science of prosody, I mean the science of phonetics, how to pronounce Shiksha. Kalpaha, how to perform rituals. Then Vyakaranam, the grammar. Shiksha, Kalpa, Vyakaranam. Niruktam, the, the uh, Niruktam is the dictionary of the, the etymological meanings given of the Vedic words, of some of the difficult words, the etymological meanings are given in a dictionary. This is called Niruktam, the Vedic words. <coughs> Chandaha, the science of prosody, and Jyotisham, the science of astronomy or astrology. So all of these were also studied along with the Vedas. So Vidhivat Adhita, or these are to studied at least to a certain extent then alone we can understand the scriptures because grammar you require, the pronunciations you require, then alone you can study the Sanskrit uh, scriptures. Then how to perform the rituals, that knowledge also is required. Kalpa. To study the text, it may be necessary to, there may be many words, you must know how to interpret the words, etymological meanings, niruktam. So all of these ancillary information also is required in order to study the main text. So when you studied all this, and thus gain what we call a general knowledge. Not the particular knowledge, but general knowledge. So typically when a boy goes to Gurukulam, he recites the Vedas. The first step is recital of the Vedas. And he by hearts them all, learns them by heart, the entire Veda. And then subsequently he is taught, or Narayana has gone through all this discipline by the way. So go to the Gurukula. And first is, so he can rattle out, you know, the, the text, just like that. So first is, by hearting this text. Like, and then you are studying, you know, Purusha Suktam and things like that. All these long, long things are there. So, then second stage is to study the meaning. The teacher also will explain you the meaning of these, the mantras, etc. Thirdly, they will explain you how to perform different rituals. So all of these knowledge is gained from the teacher. And thus one comes to know in general what the Vedas have to convey, Abhyudaya and Nishreyasa Vedas uh, teaches. Abhyudaya, how to gain material prosperity, Nishreyasa, how to gain spiritual prosperity. Both of these are there in Vedas and the boy learns that. And then he enters the Grahasthashama, the life of householders, householder, and then performs the rituals, etc. 
In that, in course of study of the Vedas, you also study Upanishad. You recite the Upanishads and know in general the meaning of the Upanishads also. And that's how you come to know what the Upanishads have to say. So, Brahma Vidatma Adipa, the knower of Brahman attains limitless. Satyam Jnanam Anantam Brahma, that Brahman is Satyam Jnanam Anantam. Tarapishokam Atmavit, the knower of the self, crosses the grief. So, these are the kind of things you learn, and that is how the impressions are planted in your mind. So, beauty of teaching these things to children is, even though we may not understand the full import of these statements, definitely the impressions are planted in their mind, and someday they, they sprout and then flower. So, that is how the boy has gained the general knowledge of the scriptures, and thus then performs the actions that are required, and then purifies his mind, thus the, the qualifications are gained, the jignas desire to know the self is arisen, and such a student is the competent student for study of the Vedanta. Now, the author himself explains the various terms that are used in this, this passage 6, the various terms that are used here are explained by the author himself in the subsequent passages. So the seventh passage says, Kamyani Swargade Ishtasadhanani Jyotishtomadini Our different terms are explained. Kamyani, what are, what are this Kamya Karma? Kamya Karma means desire prompted actions, something that you should avoid. Kamyani, Svargadi, Ishtasadhanani, Jyotishtomadini, various rituals, such as Jyotishtoma, is the name of the ritual. So, such rituals as Jyotishtoma, which are means for attainment of Svarga, of heavens. Swarga is ishta sadhanani. Ishta means that is desirable. Sadhana means a means. Ishta sadhanani means for attainment of desirable ends. What are the desirable ends? Swargadi. Like the pleasure in the heavens. So there is an innate desire in the human being to attain happiness. And person, man naturally looks at the, the objects of the world outside in order to gain happiness. Because the mind has been made extroward, the sense organs are also made extroward, and therefore the mind naturally looks out seeking happiness and fulfillment in life. And therefore there is a so basic desire is to be happy. And since one feels that the happiness is there out in the world, therefore one wants to acquire the different things in the world. And therefore actions performed as prompted by the desire to acquire different desirable ends are called Kamya Karma. Kama means desire. Kamya, that which is desirable. So Kamya Karma is an action performed in order to attain desirable ends. Like material prosperity, name, fame, power, and what not, these people, the Asa and the Kama. So Asa means the security, wealth, name, fame that a person wants, and karma means all the pleasures. So actions prompted 
by the desire for earth and karma are generally called karmic karma. <coughs> and dharma is the happiness that one wants in heaven. So actions performed by, by, by performed with a desire to attain these limited ends are called karmic karma. So it is said here that you should avoid this karmic karma. Meaning an aspirant, one who is desirous of this knowledge or one who is desirous of liberation should avoid karmic karma. You avoid only when you understand the limitation of karmic karma or desire prompt action. This is a, a thing that you hear again and again in the Vedantic discourses is give up the desires, you know. And the desires are no good, desires are enemy, this is the kind of thing that we keep on hearing. And these things are not well expounded and therefore they leave in our mind the impression that desire is something that should be gotten rid of. But in fact, we have to understand the nature of our desire. <clears throat> These desires arise in our mind and that is natural. And there is a desire for security because I have a sense of insecurity. There is a desire for happiness because I feel unhappy or sad within my myself. And so the desire for security, desire for happiness, desire for pleasure, desire for comfort, desire for recognition, desire for, you know, respect, and all of these are natural desires. Now the Vedantins ask us to understand the nature of the desire. They're all right. It is fine that you have these desires and that is, it's, it's quite legitimate that you have the desires. And basically one should seek to fulfill this desire to legitimate end. They are called karma karma. So Veda, the scriptures recognize that the human beings have various desires. And that these desires should be fulfilled also. There are certain fundamental urges and these urges should be fulfilled. And they give us the means for fulfillment of these urges. They are called karma karma, desire prompt actions. That may you fulfill your desires, but may you fulfill them through legitimate means. That's all. May you not compromise the means for the sake of end. That you want, you want wealth, that's fine. You want security, fine. You want pleasures, fine. You want recognition, fine. But then do them in such a, such a manner, seek to achieve this in such a manner that you do not compromise the means. You do not violate the basic harmony of life. Meaning, that you do not seek to achieve these things at the cost of someone else. Make sure that in the process of achievement of fulfillment of your desires, that you do not hurt somebody. That you do not hurt somebody or that you do not hurt yourself. That's all. They ask this question, what is wrong with so many enjoyment of life? What's wrong with enjoyment of things in life? Nothing wrong. But enjoy life in such a manner that you don't hurt others and you don't hurt yourself. If by enjoyment you mean alcohol, drugs, and this and so forth, just think whether are you hurting yourself or not. If you think that you're not hurting, go ahead and do that. If you're hurting, better avoid it. So don't hurt. Hurting is violating the harmony. If you hurt yourself, that also should not do then, and you should not hurt others also. So therefore, perform actions and seek to fulfill your legitimate desires through legitimate means, make sure that you follow the fundamental values of non-violence, truthfulness, non-stealing. And so, through the fulfillment of these values, uh, you may seek to fulfill your desires. It's quite legitimate. <coughs>
However, at some point in time a person starts thinking, I have been fulfilling my desires, I have been attaining various ends in my life, but then, where have I, uh, what exactly have I achieved through these various achievements? Have I gained any, any lasting satisfaction or lasting fulfillment? So generally speaking, it is necessary or it becomes necessary for most of the people to have experienced life, to have attained something in life and to have gained a certain self-confidence that, okay, I am all right, self-acceptance. And when that stage has reached, then you start thinking, all right, that I have, I have achieved these things, okay, but then what is the, what is the net result of all these various achievements? What am I seeking? Have these achievements really enable me to attain what I am fundamentally seeking? I know I am seeking happiness and security, but what is the nature of happiness that I am seeking? Happiness that I am seeking, is it limited happiness? Security which I am seeking, is it limited security? Then as I really try to understand my own needs, then I realize that what I need is a lasting happiness and not just temporary happiness. I need lasting security and not temporary security. And that the world and the things can give me some happiness and security, no doubt. But how much happiness and security can they give me? Only limited. Limited in time, limited in place, limited in measure. That thing can give me security for a period of time or happiness for a period of time. And then what? Everything is limited. And therefore, what am I seeking? I am seeking lasting happiness, lasting security. Can I get them through the performance of this karma, karma or desire prompted actions? What do the desire prompted actions do? That I, as, as propelled by desire I perform an action, alright, and my desire is fulfilled, the result is gained, and when I am experiencing the result, what is the nature of, what is my response to that result? The response to the result will be one of what we call rather or vesha, like or dislike. This is the peculiarity of the result of karma karma or desire prompt actions. When I perform an action as propelled by a desire, then my attention is more towards the result than towards the action. And when the result comes, I will have one of the two responses toward the result. If the result is branded as success, then I respond to it favorably. If the result is branded as failure, then I respond to it unfavorably. And thus if the result is favorable, then there is raga or attachment. If the result is unfavorable, there is dvesha or, or, uh, or hatred, <coughs> repulsion. And thus I find that my relationship to the result and therefore the various situations I encounter in life is one of attraction and repulsion. And therefore, through the performance of karma karma or desire prompted actions, in fact, what I do is, not only I achieve, gain various achievements in my life, but at the same time, I also accumulate what we call raga and dvesha or attractions and repulsions, likes and dislikes. These are also accumulated in the process. And these likes and dislikes are what we call reactions, they are the impurities, and thus, what generally, thus, in general we can say that the karma karma or the desire prompted actions not only bring us the material results, 
But along with them, they also bring us what we call the likes and dislikes. And these likes and dislikes are the seed for further desires because there is naturally a desire to, to achieve what I like and to avoid what I dislike. So likes and dislikes again become the cause for further desires and further desires become cause for further actions and thus this chain of the action and reaction perpetuates. Whether karma, karma or desire from reactions have a tendency to perpetuate this chain of action and reaction which perpetuate or which keep on going from one life to the other. Everybody said that karma, karma so let us say a mature aspirant, not everyone, but a mature aspirant seeks to avoid what we call karmic karma or desire prompted actions, knowing that the result of the desire prompted action is limited and that the result is a binding result and not a releasing result. Karturagnaya prapyade phalam karma kimparam karma tajjanam kruti mahodadhau padanakaranam Palamasasvatam Gati Nirodakam Ramana Mahasi says in the beginning of Upadesha Saram that is phalam or the result of every action, desire prompted action is limited and therefore after giving the result also the sense of limitation does not go. The seeker does not go. The beggar does not go. As a beggar I perform the action alright. I gain the result. I get a temporary satisfaction alright but then the beggar or the the uh, what we call the seeker continues to remain. And therefore, no achievements in the world have the capability of getting rid of that beggarliness. And what I want to become free from is a beggarliness. What we call the bondage is nothing but that beggarliness that there is inherently there. <coughs> so this karma karma, that's what they say should be avoided. How should be avoided? By understanding, by viveka or discrimination. intelligently analyze the experiences of life and only when one has understood that the results as a result, I mean results attained as a result of performance of action are all limited. Then the limited results cannot give me what I am seeking in life and therefore I am not going to seek happiness and security from the world. I am going to seek happiness and security from my own self. It is as a result of this understanding that one is able to give up what we call kami karma. <coughs> this is one kind of action. Second, say in the passage 8, Nishiddhani Narakade Anishtasadhanani Brahmanahananadini Nishiddhani. So, kamya karmani, phalodeshene, vidhyamanani karmani, kamyani, the actions performed, keeping in mind the result is called kamya karma, nishiddha karma. Nishiddha karma are what we call prohibited actions. Scripture prohibits certain actions. Every scripture, every culture has do's and don'ts. So, this don'ts, don't do this. Brahma avagada istasadhanata nishedaka, naipada yogi vakya kamyani nishiddhani. Suramna Pivet, Himsamna Kuryat, Kalanjamna Bhakshayat, 
Suram na Prived, one should not drink alcohol. Kalanjam na Bhakshayed, one should not eat red meat. Himsam na Kuryad, one should not hurt anybody. She says, na, na, na. Don't, don't, don't. These are called Nishiddha Karma or what we call the prohibited actions. Forbidden acts. Why are these acts forbidden? Why should any act be forbidden? Because these acts violate. What do they violate? They violate the order of life. They violate my own nature. When I perform what we call a forbidden or a prohibited action, I am violating the obtaining harmony in the world, and in so doing, I am violating my own self. I am hurting myself. So those actions which ultimately hurt myself, those actions are what we call forbidden or prohibited actions. And we know how they, because I do something that I don't want to be done to me. When I hurt somebody, I am deliberately doing something that is not right because I know that I don't want to be hurt and I know that for that others also do not want to be hurt and when I hurt them, then I am naturally violating my own, my own nature and violating the harmony. So all those actions which violate the order of life are called Nishinda Karma. Just as when there is red traffic light, stop. That is the in injunction. Don't proceed. That is the prohibition. Don't proceed when the traffic light is red. Suppose I proceed, I am likely to violate myself or violate someone else. <coughs> so Nishiddhani, these are the actions which should be deliberately avoided in the life. <coughs> Why is it narakali anishta sadhanani? The anishta sadhanani. These are the means for anishta, those which are undesired results. So since these actions bring about what we call undesired or undesirable results, therefore they should be avoided. What sort of results do they bring about? Narakadi, like hell. So just going to hell, etc. That is hereafter. Or adipahit, aihika dukkha sangraha. It is not that these prohibited actions will give me a result hereafter, even in this life also. So when I violate the order of life, then there is naturally dukkha or pain or suffering, here and hereafter. Therefore we should generally speaking say that whatever suffering, pain or, or you know, that we are undergoing must be all the results of some nishiddha karma or prohibited actions we must have performed in the past. Because when we perform actions, we perform all kinds of actions. And generally speaking, when do you do this nishiddha karma? Or when do you violate? When we are not ourselves. When we are not ourselves, then alone violation happens. When we are in our right mind, nobody does anything that is wrong. When we are in our right mind, we don't insult anybody, we don't hurt anybody, we don't cheat anybody, we don't tell lies, we don't do anything. When we are in good mood or in the right mind. Only when we are not in the right mind, when anger, passion, lust, greed, when this kind of uh, impulses or reactions take hold of me, then the actions performed through them are more likely than not what we call the prohibited actions. In short, don't act out of anger. Don't act out of greed. Don't act out of lust. Because when we act out of, as propelled by these impulses or reactions, our actions are likely to be what we call 
undesirable or prohibited actions and they will bring undesirable results also here and hereafter. So they become the very obstacles on my path. Therefore they say, avoid the Siddha Karma. Don't perform these. <coughs> so Kamya and Nishiddha Karma, desire prompted actions and what we call the prohibited or forbidden actions, this should be avoided. Then what are the actions that should be performed deliberately? They are called Nitya Karma, says in the ninth passage. So Brahma Hananadini, by the way, so slaying of a Brahmin, you know, so this is uh, considered to be the worst kind of a sin that you can perform, according to that tradition, Vedic tradition, Brahma Hanam, slaying or killing a Brahman or killing a cow, so these are considered to be the worst kind of sins. And then killing even a mosquito also, you know, that is also a sin, no doubt, but perhaps it's not as bad as killing a human being. And so killing a human being also may not be as bad as killing a Brahman. Brahman means a person who is learned and person who is, uh, who is sattvic and so evolved person. So in general killing any, you know, so killing that is evolved, that is worse than killing that which is less evolved. So Brahman represents here the most evolved human being or the most evolved thing in the nature. So Brahman, Hananadini, like killing Brahman, etc. So avoid these actions or killing anybody, hurting anybody. <coughs> and then of course Surapanam, drinking alcohol and stuff like that, all of them are also actions that hurt me, avoid them. <coughs> now we come to the ninth passage, says here, Nityani Akarane Pratyavaya Sadhanani Sandhyavandanadini Now what are the actions that we should perform? Nityani, Nityakarama is daily obligatory duties. What are these? Sandhyavandanadini, like Sandhyavandanam. So typically a person performs uh, worship three times a day. They are called sandhya. Sandhya means sandhi or the, 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 the time when there is a joining. These are considered to be auspicious times for the prayers. There is a morning sandhya, prata sandhya. There is evening sandhya, sayam sandhya. There is a, the sandhya and the noon sandhya called madhyana. So, Prataha, Madhyana and Sayam. So, there are three, these are the three joining times. In the morning there is a Sandhya of the joining of the night and day. In the evening there is a joining Sandhya of the day and night. And in the midday there is also, the sun is on the zenith. At that time also you can say there is joining of the, uh, the first part of the day with the later part of the day. So, these are considered to be auspicious times for the performance of prayers. And therefore, typically, a boy is initiated into the performance of these prayers called Sandhya Vandanam. They are accompanied by, so they consist of prayers or making certain offerings and chanting or repeating the, the mantra, Gayatri mantra, etc. 
So, this is what is to be done. It is said that a person, so this nitya karma or this obligated duty, the concept comes from a sense of obligation. This we mentioned on the first day. That that is what we call obligation. As we said, even as we are born, we are enjoying various privileges. He said, Jayamano e Brahmana Tribhir Runavan Jayate. That a Brahmana or a person, as a person is born, is born with three kinds of debts. What are these debts? What they call the uh, Rishiruna, Pitruruna, and Devruna. These three kinds of debts are there. The debt towards the sages, the debt towards the parents and the ancestors, and the debt towards the devatas, the gods. As I said, because we are enjoying all these privileges. We are enjoying the privilege of having this body. That uh, the birth has been given to us, we have been raised, nurtured, nourished, and therefore we are indebted to our parents and our ancestors. Then we are enjoying the store of knowledge, which is a result of the, uh, the dedication of so many sages and the teachers and the thinkers who have made available to us this whole storehouse of knowledge from which we draw freely and therefore we are enjoying that privilege of this knowledge which is made like this text, all of these is made available to us. How easily we are able to study and discuss this. But imagine how much it must have taken to, to write this text and to think. And so we are indebted to all of them, the sages, that is called Rushiranam. And thirdly, we are enjoying privilege in life. As I said, the air is provided to us, we are breathing freely. No tax is required to be paid for breathing air. Food is provided to us, water is provided to us, sunlight is provided to us, the earth supports us, nourishes us, nurtures. So nature is constantly taking care of us. So we say that the God through nature constantly takes care of us and therefore we are enjoying all these privileges. Therefore there is what we call an indebtedness. So indebted to God or indebted to the various expressions of God. And thus expression of this indebtedness or expression of this obligation is called obligatory duties. So when we perform these daily and incidental duties, then it is that we are fulfilling our obligation. We are not obliging anybody, but the obligation that we have already incurred, we are simply repaying our debt. So this is the spirit in which what we call the nitya and naimitri karma, or the daily and incidental obligatory duties are performed. <coughs> Therefore, they are the nature of worship, and prayers. So typically in the life of a person these three things are there. For service, serving the parents as well as praying prayers for the departed souls. Prayers and offerings for the departed souls as well as looking after and serving the parents. That is by way of fulfilling our debt to the parents and ancestors. Secondly, studying the scriptures, pursuing the knowledge, and so learning and teaching is the method of fulfilling our debt towards the sages and the teachers. Rushiranam, the second kind of debt that we have, is fulfilled by studying, by gaining the knowledge, and by imparting knowledge, by spreading the knowledge, by being instrumental in the acquisition and spreading of the knowledge. That's the second kind of activity that we have, therefore, study of the scriptures. And thirdly, how do we fulfill our obligation to Lord God? By worship and prayers. 
by making offering to the devatas. So here the concept is that there are various devatas. One Lord alone expressed in the form of these various devatas or various natural forces. And therefore in the Vedic culture all of these natural expressions are looked upon as gods or deities. So fire also is a de- deity, devata. Water also is devata. Earth also is devata. Air also is devata. Devata means deity. Space also is devata. So sun, moon, all of these are looked upon as devatas. And therefore we worship them. <coughs> Since we are enjoying the privilege by way of their grace, therefore making offering to these devatas. And therefore the ritual, the fire ritual became so prevalent because in the fire we invoke the different devatas, we invoke different deities and make offering to them. Therefore, when a person got married, then the daily obligatory duty also involved what we call performance of Agnihotra karma. Morning from the day this man got married, the husband and wife, both of them would perform Agnihotra karma, morning and evening. It's not there anymore nowadays, there may be very few people, but this used to be prevalent in the Vedic times. And the spirit there is making offering every morning and evening to the deities. Morning, you welcome the sun, welcome the fire. Agnaya Swaha, Aditya Swaha, Prajapata Swaha. Evening also you welcome them and that's how make offering to the devatas. It is said that when you make offering in the fire, then fire is a carrier or the vehicle of carrying these oblations to the different deities and that's how those devatas are nourished. So Bhagavad Gita says that may you nourish the devatas and those devatas will nourish you in turn. Parasparam bhavayantaha and this mutually nourishing each other, shrayaf param vapsatha, may you attain prosperity in your life. Thus to attain the prosperity in the life, this is the, the scheme that is given to us that may we nourish the devatas by our offerings and may we in turn attain, receive the grace of those devatas so that we are nourished in our own life. <coughs> so all of these actions of worship, actions of, uh, actions uh, towards study and teaching and actions for serving and looking after the parents and the departed souls worship for prayer, prayers for them, all of this fall in the category of nitya karma or daily obligatory duties. So Sandhya Vandanam, this is the illustration given. Sandhya Vandana meaning like, like Sandhya Vandanam, meaning like the morning worship, the evening worship and the midday worship. <coughs> Interesting thing about this daily obligate duty is Akarane Pratyavaya Sadhanani. Akarane, the non-performance of which Pratyavaya Sadhanani, they cause harm to us. So there is a, a threat given that if you don't perform, I am not going to bother about these duties. Suppose you don't perform these duties, can you get away from them? It is said, Akarane Pratyavaya. If you fail to perform your duties, then there is Pratyavaya or the harm. <coughs> so interesting thing is, that is how a person there is in fact a certain fear also involved here. That if I don't do my duties, there is going to be harm. Akarane pratyavaya sadhanani. In fact, 
what is the Vedantins say that the performance of these daily rituals are nothing but self-purification. So they bring about a self-purification. And if you don't perform these rituals, then that purification does not happen, and therefore you are not one. So perform these rituals uh, accomplishes the act of warning of the potential uh, harm that can come to us. We realize that in our past, in our prarabdha karma, there are so many kinds of good and evil actions that are there in the store. And these past actions manifest themselves in the form of various situations in our life. The situation about pleasant as well as unpleasant. The past good actions bring about pleasant situations. Past evil actions bring about unpleasant situations. And when you perform these daily obligatory duties, then they have the effect of neutralizing the past evil effects, which everybody has. Nobody is free from that. Even the human birth is a result of the combination of evil and virtuous actions. So virtuous actions also we have in our store which bring about happiness or, or pleasant situations. But we also have what we call evil actions in our store and they are going to bring about what we call unpleasant situations and to ward off this unpleasant or evil effect is what is accomplished by this nitya and nemiti karma daily and incidental obligatory duties. So if you don't perform them, then you are not warning off the evil effects and therefore you will have to suffer the consequences of the evil effects. Therefore it is akarane pratyavaya sadhanani. So those actions which are the means for harm, if you don't do them, non-performance of which brings about harm, these are called nitya karma or daily obligatory duties. Then the tenth passage says here, Nemittikani Putrajanmadi Anubandhini Jateshtyadini So Nemittikani Nemittika means that which is performed when there is a nimitta or a certain occasion. So not only are enjoined the daily duties, but what we call duties to be performed on specific events. Here an illustration is given, Putra Janmadi Anubandhini. Like when there is a birth of a son, then you perform a certain ritual. So that is called Japesti ritual, a ritual that is performed when a child is born. So every day you perform worship all right. But when there is full moon day, you must perform some additional worship. On the new moon day, perform yet additional worship. So additional worships are also performed on specific days, on specific events, on specific occasions. All of these fall in the category of Naimittika Karma. <coughs> and so that is also obligatory, that you must perform this Naimittika Karma also. So Nitya and Naimittika Karma. Daily and incidental obligated duty. This we do also. Every day, you, in the office for example, every day you have to do certain things. Like you make every day ayaga or every, whatever it is, I mean, a statement of income and you know, you do, you, uh, whatever income is there, that also you enter, whatever expenses are there, that also you pay off. Every day this has to be done. Every day in the kitchen we have to cook. These are all, you know, that's a daily duty. But on Christmas, you do something special, Christmas dinner. 
Thanksgiving dinner. This will be what we call incidental or occasional thing. So in our life, these two things are always there. Something that we do every day and something special that we do on occasions. So every week perhaps we may prepare what we call a cash on hand statement that you make every week. Or when I don't know, the year end comes, then then file an income tax return. This is the act, act that is performed on a particular occasion. When the board meeting is there, make certain kind of statement. When the month end comes, prepare certain kind of statements. This will be what we call Naimittika or occasional or incidental duties. So not only you perform daily duties in the office, in what we call a routine act work, at the same time, on specific occasions, you perform also specific tasks which should be done. In the kitchen also, we everyday cook all right, but on occasions we cook something specific, something special. So that is also there. On Monday, then this Italian, Tuesday, Mediterranean, and Wednesday, the Mexican and stuff like So that will all become what we call Naimitikram or incidental things. Whatever Wednesday and Mexico has, I don't know. Some connection seems to be there in this place. The Wednesday means Mexican food. Whatever must be the reason for it. So some connection must be there. Anyway, this is what we call Naimitika Karma or incidental duties that we perform. In the worship also it is like this, that every day you perform certain worship. Every day you perform Japa. So repeating the name. Or do chanting, etc. In the temple also we do every day. Morning, afternoon and evening. Every day worship is done. That is the daily. When Shivaratri will come, something special will be done. When the so-called Medha Dakshamuti day will come, some great Abhisheka will be done. When some of this, when these festivals come, we perform special rituals. This will be called Naimitrika. And that should be done. That also is a part of obligation. Because just as we require special food on special days, God also requires special kinds of worship on special days, and therefore those are also performed. And this Nyavandana, etc. is worship of the sun. So worship of sun and worship of fire were very prevalent in the Vedic times. Because they are what we call protectionary devata or evident gods. Understand that of the five elements, Akash or the space is not perceptible. Vayu or the air also is not perceptible to the eyes. So fire is the first perceptible element. And there is fire therefore can be said to be closest to God because the first perceptible element. And therefore sun, moon, fire which are all shining and perceptible forms of God have always been worshipped and the maximum worship is performed to these elements. And because they are bright, they are the nature of light. So you worship the light, principle of light, principle of knowledge. And that is how the light, knowledge, enlightenment comes in our life also. So this is the, this is the spirit behind these different forms of worship. <coughs> so Naimittikani, Putra Janmadi, when a son is born or a child is born, you perform specific kind of rites for purification. So many rites are performed, you know, for the child. At the time of birth they perform the rite. Then when the, the food is first to be given, you know, when the child is given the, the extra, uh, external food, like rice, etc., there is a ceremony. When then when the child starts uh, riding, a ceremony. He goes to school, ceremony. Or remove the hair, 
ceremony. Everywhere these incidental ceremonies are there and which are also supposed to be performed. All of them bring about some samskara or planting certain impressions or purification. <coughs> so, nitya and naimittika, daily and incidental obligatory duties. Okay. Uh, fine. I think we'll continue tomorrow. <coughs> Om Puranamada Puranamidam Puranat Puranamudachyade Puranasya Puranamadaya Puranameva Vashishyade Om Shanti 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 Shankaram Shankaracharyam Keshavam Badarayanam Sutra Bhashya Krutau Vande Bhagavantau Punah Punah Ishvaro Guru Ratmedi Murti Veda Vibhagine Vyomavad Vyapta Dehaya Dakshina Murtaye Namaha Om Shanti 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 Hari Om Shri Gurubhyo Namaha Hari Om